Act One of The Rover, Part One by Afra Ben. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Prologue Written by a person of quality. Wits, like physicians, never can agree when of a different society, and Rabel's drops were never more cried down by all the learned doctors of the town than a new play whose author is unknown nor can those doctors with more malice sue and powerful purses the dissenting few than those with an insulting pride do rail at all who are not of their own cabal if a young poet hit your humour right you judge him then out of revenge and spite who monkeys hate for being too like themselves so that the reason of the grand debate why wit so oft is damned when good plays take is that you censure as you love or hate thus like a learned conclave poets sit catholic judges of both sense and wit and damn or save as they themselves think fit yet those who to others faults are so severe are not so perfect but themselves may err some right correct indeed but then the whole batting their own dull stuff in the play is stole as bees do suck from flowers their honey dew so they rob others striving to please you some write their characters genteel and fine but then they do so toil for every line that what to you does easy seem and plain is the hard issue of their labouring brain and some of the effects of all their pains we see is but to mimic good extempore others by long converse about the town have wit enough to write a lewd lampoon but if their chief skill lies in a body song in short the only wit that's now the fashion is but the gleanings of good conversation as for the author of this coming play i asked him what he thought fit i should say in thanks for your good company to-day he called me fool and said it was well known you came here not for our sakes but your own new plays are stuffed with wits and with debauches that crowd and sweat like sits in mayday coaches Dramatis Personae Narrated by Libby Gone Don Antonio, the Viceroy's son Read by Ernst Patinama Don Pedro, a noble Spaniard, his friend Read by Alan Mapstone Belleville, an English colonel, in love with Florinda Read by M.B. Wilmore, the Rover Read by Robin King Frederick, an English gentleman and friend to Belleville and Blunt Read by Lambda. Blunt, an English country gentleman. Read by Algy Pug. Stefano, servant to Don Pedro. Read by Rick F. Filippo, Lucetta's gallant. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Sancho, pimp to Lucetta. Read by Dustin Tuttle. Risky and Sebastian, two bravos to Angelica. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Diego, page to Don Antonio. Read by Anna Simon. Page to Helena. Read by Ellicat. Boy, page to Belleville. Read by Patty Cunningham. Bluntsman. Read by Dustin Tuttle. Officers and soldiers. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Read by Dustin Tuttle. Florinda, sister to Don Pedro. Read by Amanda Friday. Helena, 
a gay young woman designed for a nun and sister to florinda read by elizabeth clatt valeria a kinswoman to florinda read by avai angelica bianca a famous courtesan read by arielle lipshaw moretta her woman read by charlotte duckett callis governess to florinda and helena read by patty cunningham luceta a jilting wench read by ellicat servants other masqueraders men and women read by avai read by ellicat read by anna simon scene naples in carnival time act one scene one a chamber enter florinda and helena what an impertinent thing is a young girl bred in a nunnery how full of questions prithee no more helena i have told thee more than thou understandst already the more's my grief i would fain know as much as you which makes me so inquisitive nor is't enough to know you're a lover unless you tell me too who tis you sigh for when you are a lover i'll think you fit for a secret of that nature tis true i never was a lover yet but i begin to have a shrewd guess what tis to be so and fancy it very pretty to sigh and sing and blush and wish and dream and wish and long and wish to see the man and when i do look pale and tremble just as you did when my brother brought home the fine english colonel to see you what do you call him don belville bye helena that blush betrays you i am sure tis so or is it don antonio the viceroy's son or perhaps the rich old don vincentio whom my father designs for your husband why do you blush again with indignation and how near soever my father thinks i am to marrying that hated object i shall let him see i understand better what's due to my beauty birth and fortune and more to my soul than to obey those unjust commands now hang me if i don't love thee for that dear disobedience i love mischief strangely as most of our sex do who are come to love nothing else but tell me dear florinda don't you love that fine anglaise for i vow next to loving him myself twill please me most that you do so for he is so gay and so handsome helena a maid designed for a nun ought not to be so curious in a discourse of love and dost thou think that i'll ever be a nun or at least till i'm so old i'm fit for nothing else faith no sister and that which makes me long to know whether you love belleville is because i hope he has some mad companion or other that will spoil my devotion nay i'm resolved to provide myself this carnival if there be e'er a handsome fellow of my humour above ground though i ask first prithee be not so wild now you have provided yourself with a man you take no care for poor me prithee tell me what dost thou see about me that is unfit for love have i not a world of youth a humour gay a beauty passable a vigour desirable well-shaped clean-limbed sweet-breathed and sense enough to know how all these ought to be employed to the best advantage yes i do and will therefore lay aside your hopes of my fortune by my being a devotee and tell me how you came acquainted with this belleville for i perceive you knew him before he came to naples yes i knew him at the siege of pompliano he was then a colonel of french horse who in the town was ransacked 
nobly treated my brother and myself, preserving us from all insolencies, and I must own, besides great obligations, I have I know not what, that pleads kindly for him about my heart, and will suffer no other to enter. But see, my brother. Enter Don Pedro, Stefano, with a masking habit, and callous. Good morrow, sister. Pray, when saw you your lover, Don Vincentio? I know not, sir. Callis, when was he here? For I consider it so little, I know not when it was. I have a command from my father here to tell you, you ought not to despise him. A man of so vast a fortune, and such a passion for you. Stefano, my things. Puts on his masking habit. A passion for me? "'Tis more than e'er I saw, or had a desire should be known. "'I hate Vincentio, and I would not have a man so dear to me as my brother "'follow the ill customs of our country, and make a slave of his sister. "'And, sir, my father's will I am sure you may divert.' "'I know not how dear I am to you, "'but I wish only to be ranked in your esteem equal with the English Colonel Belleville. "'Why do you frown and blush?' is there any guilt belongs to the name of that cavalier i'll not deny i value belleville when i was exposed to such dangers as the licensed lust of common soldiers threatened when rage and conquest flew through the city then belleville this criminal for my sake threw himself into all dangers to save my honour and will you not allow him my esteem yes pay him what you will in honour but you must consider Don Vincentio's fortune, and the jointure he'll make you. Let him consider my youth, beauty, and fortune, which ought not to be thrown away on his age and jointure. Tis true, he's not so young and fine a gentleman as that Belleville. But what jewels will the cavalier present you with? Those of his eyes and heart? And are not those better than any Don Vincentio has brought from the Indies? Why, how now? Has your nunnery breeding taught you to understand the value of hearts and eyes? Better than to believe Vincentio deserves value from any woman. He may perhaps increase her bags, but not her family. This is fine. Go up to your devotions. You are not designed for the conversation of lovers. Aside nor saints yet a while i hope is not enough you make a nun of me but you must cast my sister away too exposing her to a worse confinement than a religious life the girl's mad is it a confinement to be carried into the country to an antient villa belonging to the family of the vincentios these five hundred years and to have no other prospect than that pleasing one of seeing all her own that meets her eyes a fine air large fields and gardens where she may walk and gather flowers when by moonlight for i'm sure she dares not encounter with the heat of the sun that were a task only for don vincentio and his indian breeding who loves it in the dog days and if these be her daily divertisements, what are those of the night? To lie in a wide, moth-eaten bedchamber, with furniture and fashion in the reign of King Sancho I? The bed that which his forefathers lived and died in? Very well. This apartment, 
new furbished and fitted out for the young wife, he, out of freedom, makes his dressing-room, and being a frugal and a jealous coxcomb, instead of a valet to uncase his feeble carcass, he desires you to do that office. Signs of favour, I'll assure you, and as such as you must not hope for, unless your woman be out of the way. Have you done yet? That honour being past, the giant stretches itself, yawns and sighs a belch or two as loud as a musket, throws himself into bed, and expects you in his foul sheets, and ere you can get yourself undressed, calls you with a snore or two. And are not these fine blessings to a young lady? Have you done yet? And this man you must kiss. Oh, nay, you must kiss none but him, too, and nuzzle through his beard to find his lips, and this you must submit to for threescore years, and all for a jointure. For all your character of Don Vincentio, she is as like to marry him as she was before. Marry Don Vincentio? Hang me, such a wedlock would be worse than adultery with another man. I had rather see her in the Hostel de Dieu, to waste her youth there in vows, and be a handmaid to lasers and cripples, than to lose it in such a marriage. Have you considered, sister, that Belleville has no fortune to bring you to, is banished his country, despised at home, and pitied abroad? What, then? The viceroy's son is better than that old Sir Fisty. Don Vincentio! Don Indian! He thinks he's trading to Gambo still, and would barter himself, that bell and bauble, for your youth and fortune. Callis, take her hence, and lock her up all this carnival, and at Lent she shall begin her everlasting penance in a monastery. I care not. I had rather be a nun than be obliged to marry as you would have me, if I were designed for it. Do not fear the blessing of that choice. You shall be a nun. Aside. Shall I so? You may chance to be mistaken in my way of devotion. A nun! Yes, I am like to make a fine nun. I have an excellent humour for a great. No. I'll have a saint of my own to pray to shortly, if I like any that dares venture on me. Callis, make it your business to watch this wild cat. As for you, Florinda, I've only tried you all this while, and urged my father's will. But mine is that you would love Antonio. He is brave and young, and all that can complete the happiness of a gallant maid. This absence of my father will give us opportunity to free you from Vincentio by marrying here, which you must do to-morrow. To-morrow? To-morrow, or twill be too late. Tis not my friendship to Antonio which makes me urge this, but my love to thee, and hatred to Vincentio. Therefore resolve upon to-morrow. Sir, I shall strive to do, as shall become your sister. I'll both believe and trust you. Adieu. Exeunt Pedro and Stefano. As become his sister? That is to be resolved your way, as he is his. Helena goes to Callis. I ne'er till now perceived my ruin near. I've no defence against Antonio's love, for he has all the advantages of nature, the moving arguments of youth and fortune. But hark you, Callis, 
You would not be so cruel to lock me up indeed, will you? I must obey the commands I hate. Besides, do you consider what a life you are going to lead? Yes, Callis, that of a nun. Until then I'll be indebted a world of prayers to you, if you now let me see what I ne'er did, the divertisements of a carnival. What? Go in masquerade? T'll be a fine farewell to the world, I take it. Pray, what would you do there? That which all the world does, as I am told, be as mad as the rest, and take all innocent freedom. Sister, you'll go too, will you not? Oh, come, prithee, be not sad. We'll outwit twenty brothers if you'll be ruled by me. Come, put off this dull humour with your clothes, and assume one as gay and as fantastic as the dress my cousin Valeria and I have provided, and let's ramble. Callis, will you give us leave to go? Aside. I have a youthful itch of going myself. Madam, if I thought your brother might not know it, and I might wait on you, for by my troth I'll not trust young girls alone. Thou seest my brother's already gone, and thou shalt attend and watch us. Enter Stefano. Madam, the habits are come, and your cousin Valeria is dressed, and stays for you. Tis well. I'll write a note, and if I chance to see Belleville, and want an opportunity to speak to him, that shall let him know what I've resolved in favour of him. Come, let's in and dress us. Exeunt. Scene two. A long street. Enter Belleville, Melancholy, Blunt, and Frederick. Why? What the devil is the colonel, in a time when all the world is gay, to look like a mere lent thus? Hadst thou been long enough in Naples to have been in love, I should have sworn some such judgment had befallen thee. Now I have made no new amours since I came to Naples. You have left none behind you in Paris. <sighs> Neither. I can't divine the cause, then, unless the old cause, the want of money. And another old cause, the want of a wench. Would that that revive you? You're mistaken, Ned. Nay, sartlikens, then thou art past cure. I have found it out. Thou hast renewed thy acquaintance with the lady that caused thee so many sighs at the siege of Pampelona. Pox on, what do you call her? Her brother is a noble Spaniard, nephew to the dead general. Florinda, I. Florinda, and will nothing serve thy turn but the damned virtuous woman, whom on my conscience thou lost in spite to, because thou seest little or no possibility of gaining her. Thou art mistaken. I have interest enough in that lovely virgin's heart to make me proud in vain. Will it not abate it by the severity of a brother, who, perceiving my happiness, has civilly forbidden thee the house? Tis so to make way for a powerful rival, the viceroy's son who has the advantage of me in being a man of fortune, a Spaniard, and her brother's friend, which gives him liberty to make his court, whilst I have recourse only to letters and distant looks from her window, which are as soft and kind as those which heaven sends down on penitence. Hey, dee, Sartlikens, simile, by this light the man is quite spoiled. Frederick, what the devil are we made of, that we cannot be thus concerned for a wench? Sartlikens, our cupids are like the cooks of a camp. They can roost or boil a woman, but they have none of the fine tricks to set them off. No hogos to make the sauce pleasant, and the stomach sharp. I dare swear I have had hundred as young, kind, and handsome as this Florinda. And dogs eat me. 
if they were not as troublesome to me at morning as they were welcome overnight and yet i warrant he would not touch another woman if he might have her for nothing that's thy joy a cheap whore why to sartlikins i love a frank soul when did you ever hear of an honest woman that took a man's money i warrant em goodens but gentlemen you may be free you've been kept so poor with parliaments and protectors that the little stock you have is not worth preserving but i thank my stars i have more grace than to forfeit my estate by cavalierin methinks only following the court should be sufficient to entitle them to that sartlikins they know i follow it to no good unless they pick a hole in my coat for lending you money now and then which is a greater crime to my conscience gentlemen than to the commonwealth enter wilmore ha dear belleville noble colonel wilmore welcome ashore my dear rover what happy wind blew us this good fortune let me salute you my dear fred and then command me how is it honest lad faith sir the old compliment infinitely the better to see my dear mad wilmore again prithee why camest thou ashore and vast the prince he's well and reigns still lord of the watery element i must aboard again within a day or two and my business ashore was only to enjoy myself a little this carnival pray um know our new friend sir he's but bashful a raw traveller but honest stout and one of us embraces blunt that you esteem him gives him an interest here your servant sir but well faith i'm glad to meet you again in a warm climate where the kind sun has its godlike power still over the wine and woman love and mirth are my business in naples and if i mistake not the place here's an excellent market for chapmen of my humour see here be those kind merchants of love you look for enter several men in masking habits some playing on music others dancing after women dressed like courtesans with papers pinned to their breasts and baskets of flowers in their hands Sartlikens, what have we here now the game begins fine pretty creatures may a stranger have leave to look and love what's here roses for every month read the paper roses for every month what means that they are or would have you think they are courtesans who here in naples are to be hired by the month kind and obliging to inform us pray where do these roses grow i would fain plant some of them in a bed of mine beware such roses sir a pox of fear i'll be baked with thee between a pair of sheets and that's thy proper still so i might but strow such roses over me and under me fair one would you would give me leave to gather at your bush this idle month i'd go near to make somebody smell of it all the year after thou hast need of such a remedy for thou stinkst of tar and rope ends like a dock or pest-house a woman puts herself into the hands of a man and exit nay nay you shall not leave me so by all means use no violence here death just as i was going to be damnably in love to have her led off pluck that rose out of his hand and even kiss the bed the bush it grew in no friend to love like a long voyage at sea except the nunnery fred death but will they not be kind quickly be kind thou knowest i'm no tame sire but a rampant lion of the forest 
two men dressed all over with horns of several sorts making grimaces at one another with papers pinned on their backs advanced from the farther end of the scene oh the fantastical rogues how they are dressed tis a satire against the whole sex is this a fruit that grows in this warm country yes tis pretty to see these italians start swell and stab at the word cuckold and yet stumble at horns on every threshold see what's on their back flowers for every night ha <laughs> rogue and more sweet than roses of every month this is a gardener of adam's own breeding they dance what think you of those grave people so wake in essex half so mad or extravagant i like their sober grave way tis a kind of authorised fornication where the men are not chid for it nor the women despised as amongst our dull english even the monsieurs want that part of good manners but here in italy a monsieur is the humblest best-bred gentleman duels are so baffled by bravos that an age shows not one but between a frenchman and a hangman who is as much too hard for him on the piazza as they are for a dutchman on the new bridge but see another crew enter florinda helena and valeria dressed like gypsies callus and stefano luceta filippo and sancho in masquerade sister there's your englishman and with him a handsome proper fellow i'll to him and instead of telling him his fortune try my own gypsies on my life sure these will prattle if a man cross their hands goes to helena dear pretty and i hope young devil will you tell an amorous stranger what luck he's like to have have a care how you venture with me sir lest i pick your pocket which will more vex your english humour than an italian fortune will please you how the devil camest thou to know my country and humour the first i guess by a certain forward impudence which does not displease me at this time and the loss of your money will vex you because i hope you have but very little to lose he get child thou art in the right it is so little i dare not offer it thee for a kindness but cannot you divine what other things of more value i have about me that i would willingly part with indeed no that's the business of a witch and i am but a gypsy yet yet without looking in your hand i have a parlous guess tis some foolish heart you mean an inconstant english heart as little worth stealing as your purse nay then thou dost deal with the devil that's certain thou hast guessed as right as if thou hadst been one of that number it has languished for i find you'll be better acquainted with it nor can you take it in a better time for i am come from sea child and venus not being propitious to me in her own element i have a world of love in store would you would be good-natured and take summon it off my hands why i could be inclined that way but for a foolish vow i am going to make to die a maid then thou art damned without redemption and as i am a good christian i ought in charity to divert so wicked a design therefore prithee dear creature let me know quickly when and where i shall begin to set a helping hand to so good a work if you should prevail with my tender heart as i begin to fear you will for you have horrible loving eyes 
there will be difficulty in it that you'll hardly undergo for my sake faith child i've been bred in dangers and wear a sword that has been employed in a worse cause than for a handsome kind woman name the danger let it be anything but a long siege and i'll undertake it can you storm oh most furiously what think you of a nunnery wall for he that wins me must gain that first a nun oh how i love thee for it there's no sinner like a young saint nay now there's no denying me the old law had no curse to a woman like dying a maid witness jephthah's daughter a very good text this if well handled and i perceive father captain you would impose no severe penance on her who was inclined to console herself before she took orders if she be young and handsome ay there's it but if she be not by this hand child i have an implicit faith and dare venture on thee with all faults besides tis more meritorious to leave the world when thou hast tasted and proved the pleasure on it than twill be a virtue in thee which now will be pure ignorance i perceive good father captain you design only to make me fit for heaven but if on the contrary you should quite divert me from it and bring me back to the world again i should have a new man to seek i find and what a grief that will be for when i begin i fancy i shall love like anything i never tried yet egad and that's kind prithee dear creature give me credit for a heart for faith i'm a very honest fellow ah oh, i long to come first to the banquet of love and such a swinging appetite i bring ah oh, i'm impatient thy lodging sweetheart thy lodging or i'm a dead man why must we be either guilty of fornication or murder if we converse with you men and is there no difference between leave to love me and leave to lie with me faith child they were made to go together are you sure this is the man pointing to blunt when did i mistake your game this is a stranger i know by his gazing if he be brisk he'll venture to follow me and then if i understand my trade he's mine he's english too and they say that's a sort of good-natured loving people and have generally so kind an opinion of themselves that a woman with any wit may flatter em into any sort of fool she pleases tis so she is taken i have booties which my false glass at home did not discover she often passes by blunt and gazes on him he struts and cocks and walks and gazes on her this woman watches me so i shall get no opportunity to discover myself to him and so miss the intent of my coming but as i was saying sir by this line you should be a lover looking in his hand i thought how right you guessed all men are in love or pretend to be so come let me go i'm weary of this fooling walks away i will not till you have confessed whether the passion that you have vowed florinda be true or false she holds him he strives to get from her florinda turns quickly towards her softly thou hast named one will fix me here for ever she'll be disappointed then who expects you this night at the garden gate and if you'll fail not as let me see the other hand you will go near to do she vows to die or make you happy looks on callous who observes him what canst thou mean that which i say farewell offers to go 
oh charming sibyl stay complete that joy which as it is will turn into distraction where must i be at the garden gate i know it at night you say i'll, I'll sooner forfeit heaven than disobey enter don pedro and other maskers and pass over the stage madam your brother is here take this to instruct you farther gives him a letter and goes off have a care sir what you promise this may be a trap laid by her brother to ruin you do not disturb my happiness with doubts opens the letter my dear pretty creature a thousand blessings on thee still in this habit you say and after dinner at this place yes if you will swear to keep your heart and not bestow it between this time and that by all the little gods of love i swear i'll leave it with you and if you run away with it those deities of justice will revenge me exeunt all the women except luceta do you know the hat tis florinda's all blessings fall upon the virtuous maid nay no idolatry a sober sacrifice i love you oh friends the welcomest news the softest letter nay you shall see it and could you now be serious i might be made the happiest man the sun shines on the reason of this mighty joy see how kindly she invites me to deliver her from the threatened violence of her brother will you not assist me i know not what thou meanest but i'll make one at any mischief where a woman's concerned but she'll be grateful to us for the favour will she not how mean you how should i mean thou knowest there's but one way for a woman to oblige me don't profane the maid is nicely virtuous who pox then she's fit for nothing but a husband let her in go colonel peace she's the colonel's mistress sir let her be the devil if she be thy mistress i'll serve her name the way read here this postscript gives him a letter at ten at night at the garden gate of which if i cannot get the key i will contrive a way over the wall come attended with a friend or two kind heart if we three cannot weave a string to let her down a garden wall to a pity but the hangman wove one for us all let her alone for that your woman's wit your fair kind woman will trick out a brother or a jew and contrive like a jesuit in chains but see ned blunt is stolen out after the lure of a damsel exeunt blunt and luceta so he'll scarce find his way home again unless we get him cried by the bellman in the market-place and twould sound prettily a lost english boy of thirty i hope tis some common crafty sinner one that will fit him it may be she will sell him for peru the rogue's sturdy and would work well in a mine at least i hope she will dress him for our mirth cheat him of all then have him well favouredly banged and turned out naked at night prithee what humour is he of that you wish him so well why of an english elder brother's humour educated in a nursery with a maid to tend him till fifteen and lies with his grandmother till he's of age one that knows no pleasure beyond riding to the next fair or going up to london with his right worshipful father in parliament time wearing gay clothes or making honourable love to his lady mother's laundry maid gets drunk at a hunting match and ten to one then gives some proofs of his prowess a pox upon him he's our banker and he has all our cash about him 
and if he fail we are all broke oh let him alone for that matter he's of the damned stingy quality that will secure our stock i know not in what danger it were indeed if the jill should pretend she is in love with him for it is a kind believing coxcomb otherwise if he part with more than a piece of eight gall him for which offer he may have a chance to be beaten if she be a hoe of the first rank nay the rogue will not be easily beaten he's stout enough perhaps if they talk beyond his capacity he may chance to exercise his courage upon some of them else i'm sure they'll find it as difficult to beat as to please him tis a lucky devil to light upon so kind a wench thou hadst a great deal of talk with thy little gypsy couldst thou do no good upon her for mine was hard-hearted hang her she was some damned honest person of quality i'm sure she was so very free and witty if her face but be answerable to her wit and humour i would be bound to constancy this month to gain her in the meantime have you made no kind acquaintance since you came to town you do not use to be honest so long gentlemen faith love has kept us honest we have all been fired up with the beauty newly come to town the famous paduana angelica bianca what the mistress of the dead spanish general yes she's now the only adored beauty of all the youth in naples who put on all their charms to appear lovely in her sight their coaches liveries and themselves all gay as on a monarch's birthday to attract the eyes of this fair charmer while she has the pleasure to behold all languish for her that see her tis pretty to see how much love the men regard her and how much envy the women what gallant has she none she's exposed to sail and four days in the week she's yours for so much a month the very thought of it quenches all manner of fire in me yet prithee let's see her well, let's first to dinner and after that we'll pass the day as you please but at night you must all be at my devotion i will not fail you Exeunt. end of act one